You're listening to the Ordinary Vegan Podcast, where we teach you everything you need to know about adopting a plant-based diet full or part-time. Our goal is to empower you to live a long and healthy life. You can find today's show at OrdinaryVegan.net or on iTunes. If you have any questions, please send an email to questions at OrdinaryVegan.net. Hello, friends, and welcome to the Ordinary Vegan podcast number 98, A Chat with best-selling author and plant-based advocate, Kathy Freston. If we haven't met, my name is Nancy Montori, and I am the founder of Ordinary Vegan, the website in this podcast. I advocate a plant-based lifestyle for health and wellness, for the environment, and for animal welfare. If you're not familiar with Kathy Freston, she has quite the resume. Kathy is a New York Times best-selling author of multiple health and wellness books, notably The Lean, Quantum Wellness, and Clean Protein. Her advocacy for a more healthy, sustainable, and just food system is inspired by her concern for human health as well as animal and environmental welfare. Kathy appears frequently on national TV, including Ellen, Dr. Oz, Good Morning America, The Talk, Extra, and Oprah. And her work has been featured in Vanity Fair, Harper's Bazaar, Self, and W Magazine. Oh, she also writes for the Huffington Post. Kathy has a new book called 72 Reasons to Be Vegan, Why Plant-Based, Why Now? co-authored with Gene Stone, who is the co-author of one of our favorite books, Michael Greger's How Not to Die. So, let's welcome Kathy Freston. Hi, Kathy. Hi, Nancy. Welcome to the Ordinary Vegan Podcast. Our community is very excited you are joining us today because you have been a trailblazer in the vegan community. And congratulations on your new book, 72 Reasons to Be Vegan, Why Plant-Based, Why Now, co-authored with Gene Stone, being released on March 30th of this year. Kathy, you've often been described as a health and wellness expert and have written New York Times best-selling books about veganism. Can you tell me how you became an expert in your field? Well, you know, it's funny because I grew up in Doraville, Georgia, eating chicken fried steak and, you know, all kinds of creamy, you know, mashed potatoes and chicken wings. And if somebody had said, you're going to be a vegan activist when you get older, I I would have thought that they had grown three heads. There's like no (laughs) way. So it's not something that I had any awareness around. I was not even curious about it. Um, but as I, you know, got into adulthood and I started writing, I started, um, writing about becoming more conscious and aware and awake in our lives. How do we evolve? How do we become better humans? How do we become happier, healthier and better world citizens? And I sort of explored relationships and work and spirituality But I never, it occurred to me that I never really looked underneath the hood about food. And that was such a fundamental, foundational 
um, thing that I had not really put any time or effort into. And I started feeling like I was a hypocrite because here I am talking about becoming more awakened in life. And I just didn't have any awakeness around food. So I started uh, reading about where my food comes from and really looking deeply at, you know, the process of how animal foods ended up on my plate. And of course, you know, anyone who looks at that is going to be incredibly disturbed at the process. It is, it's pretty, it's pretty heinous. And um, so I got to this very inconvenient point in my life where it was, I wanted to be someone who didn't eat animal foods, but I was very attached to the (laughs) the foods that I loved, that I grew up eating. And so I decided that I am going to just uh, lean into it. I'm going to have the intention of being someone who doesn't eat anything uh, from an animal and I don't know how I'm going to get there, but I'm just going to nudge myself forward. I'm going to lean into it. And it took me about a year, year and a half to become fully vegan. And that was about 16 years ago. And now I'm sort of in that world where I'm obsessed with it because it is, to me, the most singly empowering thing anyone can do for themselves. So I just I just love talking about veganism and, you know, encouraging the curious uh, on their way. So that's how the book came about. Well, based on what I've read, you eat a lot of faux meats and processed vegan foods. Um, can you talk about that a little bit? Does that fall into your veganish quotes? I mean, have you considered a whole foods plant based diet and can you well, talk about I, I that? Definitely, I wouldn't say I eat a lot of it, but I'm definitely not against it. I, I, I just know myself, Nancy. I'm not a purist. I love a good martini on the weekends. <laughs> I drink coffee. I mean, if I'm at a birthday, I'm going to have the cake. Not if it's not vegan, of course. But so I, I, I know that whole food plant based is certainly healthier. But I know myself also that I really want to join in with my friends and I want to have a burger on the weekends. I want to have pizza or I want to have something delicious when I'm out, you know, French toast or something with some a side of sausage, all of it vegan. But uh, I, I, I still really want to enjoy my life. And to me, not for everybody, but for me, that means enjoying some alternative proteins like plant-based or vegan sausage or burgers or things like that. But the uh, on the most most of my week, I'm having whole grains, beans, vegetables, fruits, and I and I eat pretty simply. Um, but I just let myself go every once in a while, and it makes me feel really happy. Yes, so. I agree. You don't have to be perfect, and I say that all the time. You know. You're not perfection, you know, that I'm I'm all about progress, not perfection in everything. We do the best we can. And being vegan-ish, I would not say I'm vegan-ish, but I encourage other people who are, you know, maybe have some trepidation about going down this road is that you don't have to go all the way. You don't have to be perfect. You don't have to be full on vegan, you can be vegan-ish, you know, if if you just have that favorite food on a certain holiday that you just couldn't do and you wouldn't be vegan, otherwise, you know, you wouldn't do it because you thought, oh my God, I can't give that up. I would say then, then let yourself have that and do be, you know, as vegan as you can on the other days, because it's, it's to stop yourself, um, 
because you're not being perfect is to really sort of undercut the all the good stuff that comes out of leaning into this way of eating. Your number one reason to become vegan is that veganism is happening in a very major way. And if you're already vegan, you're a trailblazer. In some countries, veganism isn't just becoming popular, it's becoming policy. How mm-hmm. long do you think it will take for the U.S. to catch up? And where do you think the vegan movement is going? Well, I think the, um, I think, I don't know if it's the vegan movement per se, but I think um, the moving away from animal foods is happening in a very, very fast way, in a way that I could have never imagined even five years ago or a decade ago. And that is because the um, the alternative proteins. I mean, there's just so much great food because, you know, for me and pro- probably for you, I'm guessing, uh, I'm going to move away from eating animals because of the animals. It's enough for me. I, I see what's happening and I just will like, I'll eat cardboard if I have to. But for the vast majority of people who haven't seen necessarily what happens at slaughterhouses or feedlots, they're going to they're still attached to their their meat and so these companies like beyond or impossible or new wave or good catch or memphis meats are coming up with ways to eat meat without slaughtering the animal so whether it's beyond uh doing plant-based burgers or memphis meat growing meat real animal flesh without slaughtering the animal so it's cellular meat um, I think that's going to take over. And it's so close right now. They've, they've been able to grow meat, which is basically like kind of in a brewery, like brewing beer. It would be like brewing meat. And that's going to be, um, that's going to be available probably uh, certainly within the decade. And that's a game changer. And that's going to be, it's going to be cheaper to produce. Um, without creating all the greenhouse gases, without, you know, creating all the horror and the, uh, to animals, the degradation to the land. So, um, we're, I think as a culture, as a, a time in our civilization, we are very close to a tipping point. It's just a matter of getting those, um, alternative proteins more available and affordable. And that's happening pretty quickly. Before we continue this interview with Kathy Freston, I would like to take a minute to thank today's podcast sponsor, Bragg, one of my favorite brands. I have been using their delicious products for years, and this year, Bragg expanded upon their apple cider vinegar offerings to introduce brand new prebiotic shots, as well as updates to their ready-to-drink prebiotic refreshers and enhanced apple cider vinegar blends. So now, Bragg offers a diverse range of ways to incorporate apple cider vinegar into one's daily routine and reap the benefits that it has to offer. They call it their daily dose of wellness. And these ready-to-drink apple cider vinegar shots, refreshers, and blends come in delicious flavors. All of these Bragg products contain a perfectly measured one tablespoon of apple cider vinegar, 750 milligrams acetic acid, and our USDA organic and non-GMO. Go to www.bragg.com and use my coupon code V 
vegan15 for 15% off your first order. Thank you, Bragg, for your wonderful products. Now let's get back to Kathy Freston. And so you wrote a book uh, about 72 reasons to switch up. What are your favorite reasons to go plant-based? Oh, my God, there's so many. I know, um, I know. I just thought we could c- cover some of these, yeah, you know, yeah. big topics. Well, my favorite is better sex. I mean, <laughs> um, number 10 and number 11. So uh, reason number 10 is dudes, uh, your erections, hashtag better longer. So men, you know, when they have good blood flow in their in their entire body, they're going to have a good, healthy erection. So, you know, the same thing that clogs your arteries to your heart and gives you heart trouble clogs the system to a man's penis. And they, you know, have a harder time, you know, maintaining an er erection or having an erection. And so when a man is eating a plant-based diet, he's got better circulation and a better erection. Same thing for a woman in a slightly different way. They have better circulation, better lubrication, better, you know, they, um, everything sort of swells when you have the good, good circulation down in our naughty bits. And so <laughs> sex is better because everything feels better. You feel confident. You feel like your, your body is at its best. And so that is my favorite reason because – uh, who knew we could we could do this with a diet? You know, we don't need pharmaceuticals for it. And then I also love reason number thirty is that martinis, uh, coffee, uh, burgers—they're all vegan. So there's nothing to give up. And some of my favorite <laughs> things are—it's already we're already vegan. So it's not like I have to go live, you know, and be a monk and wear a white robe or anything like that. You know, the days are over where we had to live on salads and alfalfa sprouts. Now there's just so much great food. And I, I have my favorite restaurant up in Santa Barbara is a steakhouse. And I have a nice big martini on a Saturday night. And I have a, you know, this miso grilled tofu. And, you know, my friends who are eating steaks, everybody's got their thing. And I, I'm enjoying my night out. And so I'm not really missing anything. And I just love that. But when you ask me my, you know, the, my real reason, my real serious reason for being vegan is always going to be the animals because it's so, once you see what happens, it stays with you, as I'm sure you know. And um, so I'm, I'm always going to be an ethical vegan first and vegan for the animals. And, um, you know, the idea that I could, by being vegan, save 205 animals per year over the course of my lifetime, 205 animals every year, year after year after year, to me makes me be able to sleep at night. And it makes me so happy. And it makes me feel like I've had a personal uh, effect in the world of, of animals. So that makes me the happiest. Yeah, let's talk about animals a little bit, because we don't talk about, um, we really focus on the health and wellness aspects of a, a plant-based diet. But let's yeah. talk about animals for a minute because you have uh, a lot of reasons in there. Um, mm-hmm. And one of those is that you um, say that fish feel pain. Yeah, I saw, uh, I saw a talk on this and I was just flabbergasted. Can you, yeah. can you tell us about that? Yeah, well, the fish, they, we've, there's studies now that they have, you know, well-developed systems with the, the same kind of hormones like endorphins 
that humans have and we rely on to process pain. And so that tells us that they, um, their bodies are made up to fight pain and to protect from pain just like humans are. So that means they have the capacity to feel pain and they have the capacity to suffer. And I think a lot of a lot, a lot of us just never considered fish. They don't, you know, have the big brown, beautiful eyes like a cow does. They don't have the lashes like a pig does. And so we never really thought of that. And now we, we know that fish do possess these nerves, you know, the same nerves that detect the painful stimuli in humans. And that means that they, their, their, their pain receptors are in their bodies for a reason. So they, they feel the, the pain. And so um, once once we know that fish feel pain, and we oh, my God, the way that we're um, mining the oceans and sort of dragging nets through the ocean mm. and all these fish are caught up in these horrible nets and suffocating and, um, you know, can't, can't get back to their habitat and die a slow and agonizing death. It's just kind of like, my God, what are we doing here? You know, so I think I think the the a lot of people say, oh, I'm vegan, but I eat fish. And I think they think that, oh, if I have a little bit of fish protein a few days a week, then I'm, you know, I'm fine. I'm vegan otherwise. But once you start realizing the kind of suffering that 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 fish experienced, um, you don't quite feel um, comfortable doing it anymore. Uh, you also say in your book that most fish are polluted. Can you explain why? Yeah, uh, most fish, well, pretty much all fish at this point, even in the deep ocean, are contaminated with mercury and PCBs. Um, and you think, oh, what about deep water fish? Well, deep water fish, the they, um, acid rain kind of goes out over the ocean. It's not just, you know, around the shores and the more shallow water. It goes out into the ocean and it drops down into the ocean. Little tiny plankton will eat the PCBs and the mercury and then the smaller fish eat that and the bigger fish eat the smaller fish. And so by the time you get to the bigger fish that we're eating on our plates, then you've got high concentrations of these um, toxins. And uh, so there's really, there's really no clean fish anymore. And, and if you're thinking of farmed fish, well, farmed fish are largely fed by wild fish, which is the craziest thing in the world. We're feeding these farmed fish wild caught yeah. fish. So, um, and the farmed fish are in these basically like factory farms in the, in the water. They're, you know, big sort of aquatic cage and there it's very small and the fish can barely move and swim. It's, it's the compact, which then of course means there's lots of bacteria cause they're pooping and all of this stuff. And so they're doused with all kinds of antibiotics that are passed along to us when we eat them. There's lots of lice, sea lice that are at them and all kinds of uh, funguses and bacteria. It's really pretty gross. You know, what, what, what these fish are swimming around in. And then of course they're ingesting all of that stuff and it gets passed along to us. So we're, we're not only ingesting a whole lot of poison, but we're also ingesting a whole lot of misery and that can't be good for our bodies. Mm. Certainly not good for our souls or psyche. You also say some sweet things about animals in your book. Um, you say that cows love classical music. How yeah. did you come upon that? 
Yeah, well, there's, uh, you know, of course, studies done where, where they, um, they, they, uh, there is a classical musician and the cows will come, o- come over. They're very curious. They, they love the music. They're sort of lulled by it. And um, it, it, they don't like every kind of music. They don't like hard rock. They don't like <laughs> punk music, you know, and um, I can't blame them personally. <laughs> Um, but they do love classical music and they are very soothed by it, you know, and it's like chickens like to be cuddled. They're, they're sweet little things that like to be cuddled and pigs are very curious and smart and they like to be, you know, challenged in their intellect. They're very curious and turkeys, they, uh, you know, you can play this call and respond game with them. They're, they're really quite amazing. And so when you see these personalities, that are so full of um, their own unique characteristics. They, they have personalities, like some are cranky, some are really playful, some are very affectionate. Um, you see that they're not so unlike us, and if you wanna take that a step farther away, they're not unlike our dogs and cats at all. You know, we, it's like my, my dog, I know her personality so well, I know her, you know, her fears, I know her proclivities, I know what she likes to eat, I know what she makes her anxious, I know what makes her really happy. And it's the same with a pig or a chicken or a goat or a cow. Um, they just express in very lovely ways once we get to know them. It's just that we don't know them like we know our own animals. And so if we knew these other animals, even fish, they like to play. They'll remember you. They like to come over. And there's, there's a great video online of this guy who keeps calling the fish over and the fish will come over and he sort of pets the fish and throws them back in not far. I mean, just like while he's still in the water and the fish keeps coming back. And it's like, you can see it's like a little dog, you know, that you're throwing the ball and your dog keeps saying more, more, more. And it's just the cutest thing. And you realize, wow, they really have a lot going on that we didn't realize. I love that you put those kind of reasons in your book too, because I think that's why it would just make such a great gift you know, mm-hmm. when if you are exploring veganism and you kind of want your spouse to explore it too, you know, this yeah. is the kind of book that is perfect for them because, yeah. you know, it goes, um, it talks about some of the heavier subjects, but it also talks about, you know, beautiful things like that, like cows love classical music. And that's the thing. I mean, we, we're, you know, motivated by different, th- you know, I'm motivated by, okay, I don't want a big belly because, you know, I, I, really want to fit into my clothes and I want nice skin. So I'm motivated by very self-centered things, but I'm also motivated by like, I'd really like to have something to do with solving world hunger. And by eating vegan, you're sort of, you're doing your part to solve world hunger because the, the, you know, food that's grown to feed livestock could be better used to feed the global poor. And so there's like little self-centered reasons that veganism is great for us. And then there's big worldly reasons, you know, philosophical reasons that, um, that motivate us as a global citizen. But this book is for people who are, you know, curious about that. And it's written in such a way that, okay, maybe you don't care about weight, or maybe you don't care about, um, you know, the animals, but you do care about healthy protein, or you do care about strength, or you, you know, you just kind of flip through and every reason has got maybe a page, two pages at the most. So we, Jean and I, we really um, 
researched every reason and we kept it very compact so the reader doesn't get bogged down by too many numbers and too many, you know, going down that rabbit hole. Too much information is just like here, here are the bottom line reasons and here's the research to back it up. And if you want, if you're already vegan or veganish and you want to use the book to give, you know, your family and friends who are like, I don't know, I, I hear the keto is better. or I hear you don't get enough protein. And these are just sort of short, easy reads that you can sort of back up your decision to go vegan. So it's for it's for the people who are already there to use as a tool for their own activism. And it's also for the people who are curious, who've heard the word vegan or plant-based, and they want to know why is it so popular? What should I know about it? Exactly. So I um, there's so many health reasons you talk about in your book. But one that I like to talk about a lot and emphasize is the effects of dairy on your body. Can, mm. we, can we talk about dairy? And yeah, dairy is, you know, it's so funny. We're so attached to it. It's like, I, I, for me, cheese was the last to go. I just, I love the creaminess and the lusciousness of cheese. And then we find out, well, there's a reason because cheese is actually addictive <laughs> that, you know, when we have cheese, it sort of um, we have these uh, receptors for and and cheese when it breaks down starts to digest by your body digested by your body it breaks down into casomorphines and the word morphine is in there morphine is because it's like a morphine it's like an, an opioid in your body you literally become addicted to it and they think scientists think it's probably a way that the baby the calf will stay close to her mama because it's sort of an addiction in a way it, it was very primal to to keep the calf safe but that's now it's in it's this is what happens when we digest dairy is we get addicted to it and it's very hard to give it up and the way of course now to give it up is just to move sideways instead of saying i'm not going to have dairy anymore we say i'm just going to crowd it out with some oat milk or some uh, almond cheese or something like that but anyway back to the the health things about dairy, um, I think it's 67% of people are uh, lactose intolerant. And a lot of those people think that they have IBS, um, irritable bowel syndrome. A lot of people just think there's something really wrong with them. They can't figure it out. They're just in a lot of pain. Um, I, I worked with, I had a yoga teacher once and she kept canceling the classes and I finally said, Hey, what's going on? And she said, you know, I keep going into the hospital because of this excruciating pain and my gut, I, and I don't know what it is. And they've given me this drug and that drug. And now they're going to take out my appendix because they can't figure it out. And I was like, Oh my God, before they start removing organs, can you just do me a favor and go 30 days <laughs> no dairy. And if you can go completely plant-based, but if not, just give up dairy. And she said she never had a problem since. So here doctors are willing to put you on all kinds of pharmaceuticals, you know, to, to calm your colon, your bowel, and, or they're, they're willing to take out an organ, but they never considered that it could just be lactose intolerance. And so, uh, you know, you get such an immediate sense of relief when you give up dairy and move to oat milk or almond milk or something like that. And it's one of those things that you're like, wow, okay, maybe we're not meant to drink the fluids of a lactating animal that's different from our species. You know, maybe I should take a look at that. So <laughs> um, you also say in your book that a vegan diet is the best diet for children. 
Can mm-hmm. you tell us why you um, say that? Because I have a lot well, of uh, people always asking me, you know, is it safe for them to put their child yeah. on a vegan diet? Yeah. yeah. Well, the, um, you know, the, the, the primary agencies for, you know, American health will come out and say that it's, it's, as, it's healthy for people of any age, lactating uh, mothers, pregnant women, Children, any and as long as it's a well-planned vegan diet, it is you will get lower incidences of, of obesity, diabetes uh, later in life, uh, heart disease, certain types of cancers. So it's the same for kids as it is for adults. It's just a matter of planning it well. Like you said before, you know you can have French fries and uh, you know a, a Coke, and that's vegan. Or you you can have you know, Oreo cookies, and that's vegan, as long as anyone, including children is is having a well planned meal. And that means um, lots of fruits and vegetables and whole grains and beans and things like that, so that they're getting a wide, you know, array of nutrition, they're not just eating potatoes and, uh, you know, chocolate almond milk or something like that. Um, You also have said, um, which I want you to explain this, that crowding out food is easier than cutting out food. Can you explain what that means? I always think crowd it out, not cut it out. If you tell me I can never have cheese again, you know, when I'm a cheese eater, I'd be like, I'm sorry, sister, I just can't do it. I, 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 I It's just too hard. You know, I don't want to white knuckle it. So crowding out means that I'm not going to say I'm never going to have this thing again. Instead, I'm going to look around for alternatives. And so if I love cheese, I'm going to go to the grocery store and I'm going to see what they have that's plant-based. And it's like, lo and behold, I find oatly milk. Delicious. It mixes well in my morning coffee. I'm going to find tree-line cheese. I'm going to find Kite Hill yogurt. I'm going to find Miyoko's butter. You know, all of these are plant-based. And so what happens is I may be, you know, a little bit mm, suspicious that it's not going to be as good. But as soon as I butter my toast with Miyoko's butter, or I have my morning yogurt parfait with, with my Kite Hill yogurt, I'm realizing I'm not missing anything. It's actually really delicious. Um, and that's all about crowding out. So going at it like it's an adventure, something fun rather than, oh, I can never eat my favorite food again. That's why I'm all about the you know, alternative protein, um, hamburgers. Like I don't want to say, I don't want to have a burger anymore. So I'm going to have a beyond burger. A hungry planet is, is a, um, a healthier version or an impossible burger, whatever it is. And I'm going to, I'm just going to really enjoy it. That is crowding out rather than cutting out. I'm not going to cut out burgers. I'm just going to crowd it out with a better version an animal free version. I love that. So the last question I would like to ask you is, you say in your book that pandemics like COVID-19 mm-hmm. are preventable. In your opinion, what is the connection between our diets and pandemics? Mm. Well, if you look, I certainly don't have the answer on COVID because that's still being investigated where the origin is and everybody has a different idea. And and I certainly am, am not the expert on it, but I can say that, you know, swine flu came from pigs being, uh, you know, readied for slaughter and bird flu came from chickens and, you know, 
AIDS came from monkeys and a lot of things came come from bats. And so when we are um, exploiting animals for food, when we're gathering them in, in tight you know, areas where it's filthy and the animal is stressed out and they have viruses that are not harmful to them, but they shed these viruses and it goes through, you know, maybe another host animal and gets to humans. That's when we we see these really um, dangerous, dangerous viruses or uh, bacteria. So so when we can we don't have that situation with plant. We don't have that with Beyond Meat. We don't have that with Impossible. We don't have that with rice and beans. We don't have that when we're eating things grown in the ground or on trees. So it's we need to kind of consider the way that we've been exploiting animals and raising them in these tight conditions so that the, it becomes like a germ factory. And, and, uh, it's time, I think in our culture, and I think a lot of people are saying that it's time to, to move away from treating animals this way because we're going to end up killing ourselves. Kathy, thank you so much for joining us today and congratulations on the 72 reasons to be vegan. I think this is just going to be a game changer, to be honest with you. I love it for, you know, so many reasons, just to um, give it as a present or for someone just starting out. And um, I'm sure it's going to be incredibly successful, like all of your books. Thank you, Nancy. Thank Um, you so much for that. I really, really appreciate that. No problem. And Kathy, where can people find you? Well, I've, I've got kathyfreston.com or join me on Instagram at Kathy Freston. And um, we have a really nice community where we share thoughts and feelings and recipes and cute animal videos and nothing traumatic, just joy and connectedness. And that's my favorite place to be. Thank you, Kathy. Thank you, Nancy. Bye-bye. Thanks to Kathy for being here today, and thanks to all of you for listening. I am here to serve you and never hesitate to reach out to me with any questions or concerns you might have at questions at ordinaryvegan.net. You can find my vegan organic CBD made from hemp and my cookbook, The Easy Five Ingredient Vegan Cookbook, on my website at ordinaryvegan.net. For recipes and inspiration, follow me on Instagram at Ordinary Vegan and join our fun Facebook group and community. Thanks to Bragg for sponsoring today's podcast. Go to Bragg.com, that's B-R-A-G-G.com and use coupon code VEGAN15 for 15% off your first order. Please stay safe, healthy, and always follow your bliss. Till next time. Thanks for joining our plant-based community today. Together, we can accomplish great things. Please subscribe so you don't miss any of Ordinary Vegan's recipes and plant-based tips. If you have any questions or feedback, email us at questions at ordinaryvegan.net. Until next time.